We are privileged today to have uh, Pastor Steve Challoner with us. This is his home church. This is, you're going to be around uh, more maybe than uh, you used to be, but we're so grateful to have Steve and Heather with us. Uh, Heather's at work, couldn't be here today, but I see some of the fam is here, and uh, Dan and Jen are here, and so thank you. We uh, are just so privileged to know Steve, to have uh, a connection with him. This church has supported them uh, on the mission field for, boy, decades, right? It's been a long, long time. Steve and Heather have been missionaries for 40 years, 40. And uh, let me see if I can get this correct. I, th- I think it's been, uh, it's, it, it's been in Recife. Don't, don't, don't help me. Um, Fortaleza. Uh, Mozambique. No. Is that right? Yeah. And Kenya. Is there, I'm missing one? Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. Sao Paulo. Okay, but uh, that was pretty good. Four out of five, not bad. Yeah. But these people have been all over the globe sharing Jesus, teaching, and just sharing uh, their lives with others. And uh, Steve's had a recent, uh, a, a recent turn in his ministry and a new direction in his life. And uh, they're going to be around a little bit more. And we're thrilled with that. And I thought that uh, we had to have him. And you had needed to hear him and get to know him. These are great people and uh, just thrilled that he's able to be here today. Why don't you give him a warm, rousing welcome as he comes today? Come on. Praise the Lord. Good to see you today, even if I can't quite see you. Amen. I got a call from my wife this morning saying that the day nurse for the aged home for the aged where she works didn't turn up, so she can't leave the building. So she worked until uh, she from ten last night. Should have been home at six or six thirty, and she's still there. But. We've discovered down through the years, we're 46 years married next month. We discovered that you can be together even when you're apart. Amen? We can be together even when you're apart. Sometimes one goes one way, one goes the other way, but we're all doing it for Jesus. It's nice to have my son here, my firstborn, Daniel. Stand up, my son. Fickety fair. Daniel, praise the Lord, and his wife, Jen, and uh, six grandchildren, hallelujah, six grandchildren. We only had three. He's got the double portion. He's got six. He's even on good terms with his mother-in-law who's here. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. You know, thank you, Pastor Jeff, for this opportunity. If you find my speech a bit funny, so do I. Um, about a month ago, I got Bell's palsy on the right side of my face. It was completely healed in three weeks. Amen. I got a call from the neurologist to, which, to whom I was referred on Wednesday of this past week. When I told him it was all gone, he said two or three times, 
That is amazing. That is amazing. Hallelujah. Jesus is amazing. Hallelujah. Thank you for your prayers. As if to spite me, the devil brought it now on the other side. Hallelujah. On Friday, I was in emergency, and uh, because you can't see a doctor, they don't want to be responsible for diagnosing you over the phone. So they sent me to emergency. I met another neurologist. This one is probably from the Slim family. And uh, I met another neurologist, and uh, I'll be talking to him later. Hallelujah. Jesus has a way of sending us to meet people you'd never meet. If you're watching online and you say, there's a mark on my screen, it looks like there's a, a dirty mark on the preacher's face. It's a bruise. It's not your screen, and it's not our transmission difficulties. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, and some of them are self-inflicted. Um, you know, I banged my head in a way you couldn't believe, and uh, I got a good shiner for it. Um, I got a new nickname out of it. Heather's calling me Cooney now because I had one eye completely black. I was going to get the other one done, but it wasn't quite Halloween. So then I thought they might think I was a goth. So I didn't bother. I'm trying to get rid of it before the next one comes. Lovely to be here with you. Praise the Lord. Pastor Jeff said, I'm, I'm likely, we are likely to be around more. And I added, yeah, more than I'd like to be. But anyway, you know, the Lord doesn't always give us uh, exactly what we planned. Amen. For me, I would be in a warmer place. Uh, I'd be preaching the, the gospel in another language. By God's grace, I've, I've preached in five. Hallelujah. English, Portuguese, Shangan, Swahili, and uh, more recently in French. Par la grâce de Dieu. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But anyway, here we are. I will just give you, for those that don't know us, and some of you might not want to know us, but anyway, for those who don't know us, our profile in missions, you know, 40 years is a long time, and it took us almost two years to get to the mission field after we were appointed in 1980 because of visa difficulties in a uh, the country of Brazil, where the military government was planning on putting all missionaries out of the country. So we couldn't get visas, but eventually we got them. So we were appointed in 1980, and uh, this church has supported us since then. For those of you that don't know, my wife's father, my father-in-law, who's 97 years old today, praise the Lord, I mean, about a month ago, he turned 97. He pioneered the church here. We started out with nine people, praise the Lord. And uh, God has done wonders. And, of course, the work continues. And it's getting better and better and better. And now we're online to the nations. Hallelujah. Thank God for COVID. Thank God for COVID. It might have taken us 10 years to get where we got right now. Now you can watch us from the comfort of your home, but I hope it's not too comfortable. My job is to disturb you just a little bit. 
maybe a lot. Hallelujah. Anyway, we, we served 17 years in Brazil, five years in Mozambique, 10 years in Africa-wide ministry, three years in missions mobilization based in South Africa. Heather, who's invisible this morning, taught wellness to emerging leaders. She taught music. She taught grade school. She taught special ed for children with learning disabilities, such as dyslexia. She served as the school nurse. She led the Child Care Plus program from Kenya. If you have any money you don't need, and I'm sure you've got some, and you've got out of the habit of going to Tim's every five minutes, you know, about $30 a month, you could give some serious education and help to a child. Praise the Lord for that. So we were there. Heather, Heather did that. Uh, I was called to leadership development. I've been a theology professor, director of extension studies, founding president of one Bible school, president of two others, regional director for the Africa region with 100-plus missionaries. I've been a member of the general executive of the PAOC. I've been a conference speaker, but I'm still Steve. Hallelujah. Those are things that somehow God did. You know, nobody would have expected it, least of all me. Hallelujah. But God is able. God can take any one of us and transform us and make us useful in a variety of ways, ways that we couldn't ever plan. We're turning this morning to the Scripture, and we're looking at John chapter 20. John chapter 20 and verse 21, that will be our theme. As the Father has sent me, even so am I sending you. Even so I am sending you. The scripture reading is from John 20, 19 to 23. If you're online and you have your Bible, open it up. If you see it on the screen and can read it, you're doing well. And we're reading together on the evening of that, and I add resurrection day, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. And he said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless your word to our hearts. We don't preach ourselves. We preach Jesus Christ. We pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will be upon this word in Jesus' name. Amen. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. John chapter 20, 21. Last week, Pastor Jeff provoked us with this thought. After the amen, then what? 
when we finish praying, now what? And we are being sent by Jesus into the world. The, there is one thing I would observe about the modern missions model, that is the modern missions model that we know from the days of William Carey. What we have done is we have capitalized on the idea of sending the few. We have mobilized the few and we seem to have immobilized the majority. I, I really don't know how we came to this conclusion. I mean, thank God for the few that we send. I mean, those that are, hands are laid upon them and they're sent abroad or to another culture. But I don't think Jesus wanted to just send a few. According to the scripture, he wanted to send us all. Now, he doesn't send us all to the same place. And somebody said, hallelujah. He sends us all to different places. But he does send us. And as the Father sent me, said Jesus, even so I'm sending you. Now, the life of Joseph is a great lesson in being sent. The life of Joseph. If you know the Old Testament and you know the story of Joseph, very interesting. The Bible says that he was sent to Egypt by God. But how he got there was another matter. He certainly didn't get on a plane. He certainly didn't plan the trip. He was kidnapped by his brothers. He was sold into slavery. He was sent to Egypt. He was purchased by Potiphar, the captain of Pharaoh's guard. He was sent there probably to develop his leadership skills. He was falsely accused of raping Potiphar's wife. He was sent to jail to hone his leadership skills with an angry crew. He was sent to interpret Pharaoh's nightmare. He was sent to become the governor of Egypt. You see, when we are sent, it might not be part of our plan, but he said in Genesis 45 and 5, to his brothers after he made himself known to them after many long years. And now, do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here for God sent me before you to preserve life. God sent me ahead of you to preserve life. You might find yourself today in a place or a situation you would not have chosen. I wish today that you could go from this place or after hearing us online today, you could just take stock and realize that it's quite possible, quite probable, imminently likely that you are where you are because God sent you. God sent, that's right, kid. God sent you. You'll make a preacher yet. Hallelujah. As the Father sent me, so am I sending you. 
when God is sending you, the experience is not always pleasant. Sometimes it involves suffering. Often it's frustrating. It always ends in blessing if we cooperate with God. One day I was sent to South Sudan, but I had to go through the Congo first for a missions conference. My passport and visa were promised for 2 p.m. the day before I was to leave. I sent someone to pick it up for me. When they got there at 2 p.m. on the dot, they found that the embassy was closed. They had decided to go home early at 12 o'clock, call it a half day, and they went home. My passport was trapped in the embassy. I asked for a telephone number from the people that were on the security and they said they had no telephone numbers for anybody in authority in the embassy. The Spirit of the Lord came upon me. And I said to them, I didn't have a script, but I said to them, if that building caught fire, you would find a number. So find me a number. So it went silent and they came back to me with a number. I tried the number, it didn't do any good. So then I said to my staff in the office in Nairobi, I said, we need to find out where the ambassador lives. I'll go to his house and ask him to reopen the embassy. Now, I am a bit bold, I grant you, but I've never been so bold in my life. The ambassador wouldn't know me, and why would he even open the door, much less open an embassy that he decided to close? They looked and searched for telephone numbers and contacts up until 4 o'clock. At 4 p.m., I decided in the name of good stewardship that I'd better call Kenya Airways and change my flight, which was for 8 o'clock the next morning, to Congo because it was a $1,000 U.S. ticket, and you can't lose those things. So I'm on the phone to Kenya Airways at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and for 15 minutes, I listened to a message telling me my call is very important, and I will be uh, handled quite quickly, and so on. And I'm sitting there listening. Just as the number connects and you hear the ring, I heard Susan, who works in the office, I heard her outside my office door. She said, just a moment to someone on the phone. I knew that she had contacted somebody from the embassy. So I put the phone down, didn't even say hello, got the cell phone, and it was somebody from the embassy. She'd contacted a relative that worked in Home Affairs Kenya, meaning for the government, and they had an inside number. So there was someone from the embassy on the phone, and so I said, this is my situation. You promised me my passport and visa for 2 p.m. We went to pick it up. The embassy's closed. You closed it early. Now I need you to reopen the embassy. 
the guy said to me, that will be difficult. The Spirit of the Lord upon me, I said, yes, but not impossible. I said, tell me where the ambassador lives and I'll go and ask him to reopen it. He said, I cannot disclose that information, but I'll give you a telephone number. I wrote down the number and I said to myself, this might be a hoax, this might be like the other number, but I wrote it down. I called the number, it was the ambassador of South Sudan on the other end of the phone. I explained my situation. I said, I now need you to reopen the embassy and get me my passport. I said, I am Reverend Stephen Challoner. I am the Africa Director of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. Tomorrow I am speaking at a big conference. I'm the opening speaker and I cannot travel because you have my passport. I need you to reopen it. He said, I'll get back to you. I said, excuse me, sir, when will you get back to me? He said, when I get someone to reopen the embassy for you. Five o'clock, 5 p.m., they closed at noon. 5 p.m., he still hadn't called, so I called him back. And he said, I've been trying to reach you, couldn't get through. He said, I have your passport and I have your visa. But he said, I'm no longer near the embassy. I said, whereabouts are you? He said, I'm at the Yaya Center, which is five minutes from my office. He said, if you can send somebody to pick it up. I said, I'm coming myself. I met the ambassador of South Sudan on the steps of Yaya, and I thanked him for giving me my passport. He was there with a security guy. He then took out a business card, which had all his particulars on it. Then he turned it over and wrote another number on it. He said, if you ever have any trouble, call me. Hallelujah. My friend, when Jesus sends you, when Jesus sends you, there is no locked door. There is no barrier that cannot be crossed. You see, when he sends you, you have authority that doesn't come from earth. It comes from heaven. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When God is sending you, it's wonderful. Jesus was sent to serve by the Father. And a servant must follow the master's agenda. Mark 10.45 tells us that Jesus told his disciples, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. He told his disciples in Luke chapter 22.27, I am among you as one who serves. Now, we are sent by Jesus in the same way. We are also sent to serve. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. No matter what our calling no matter what our gifting, no matter what our education, 
No matter what our culture, no matter what our privilege, we are sent to serve. We are sent to fulfill Christ's mission. As the Father has sent me, said Jesus, even so I am sending you. One of the greatest things that we can realize from this text today is that the mission continues. When Jesus had lived his life, done all of his ministry, concluded his ministry with his own crucifixion, when he had been raised from the dead, he came and told his disciples, listen, this is not complete yet. I'm counting on you to fulfill this mission. And we must remind ourselves this morning at Stovall Pentecostal Church and around the world through the internet that we have been sent to fulfill Christ's mission. Jesus came to them after his resurrection and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus worked hard to give his disciples a global vision. When he talked to them for about six weeks after his resurrection about the kingdom of God, they still had their one-track mind. They said, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus must have been quite frustrated. All they could think about was their national kingdom. Jesus said, look, the kingdom is bigger than your nation. The kingdom is bigger than Israel. You will be sent into all the world because my kingdom is a global kingdom. Hallelujah. And we ourselves are being sent in that same tradition. There are many believers who give little or no thought to Christ's global mission. One of my early conversations with my wife, she was my girlfriend then. She still is, by the way, but um, we, were, we were not yet married. We were not even engaged. She said to me one day, have you ever thought about being a missionary? It didn't take me 30 seconds to respond. I said, no. I have not ever thought about being a missionary, and I don't plan to be a missionary. And I said, if God has called you to be a missionary, you'd better go. She started to fast and pray. And that worried me. I thought God was going to break us up. I wasn't sorry that I'd told her the truth. But it took seven years about after that event. I was preaching the gospel in the first Pentecostal church ever built on the PAOC's flag in Kinburn, Ontario, outside of Ottawa. 
I was preaching the gospel and I was talking about the fact that the fields are white unto harvest, but the laborers are few. My idea was to motivate some people to go to the mission field. God is amazing. <laughs> he's a bit scary, to be quite honest. The trouble with God is he's there. And uh, as I got up to tell the people to go, he ambushed me. And five minutes into my sermon, I knew I was finished there. The Lord told me, you're done here. Hey, you are done here. I, I knew it right then. Before I got to the end of the sermon, I knew I was finished at that church. I talked to my wife after the service, and I said, I really feel today I preached our mission recall. She said, where will we go? I said, Africa, I suppose. She said, I don't think so. I said, oh, why? She said, because seven years ago, God told me it was Brazil. I said, let's go to Brazil, and just like we were going out for coffee. Lots of people don't have a global vision, but God can change that. And you know what? God sends us all over as he wills. I wish he'd stop that clock. They pray for themselves. They don't pray for the world. They give no portion of their income to world missions. And if that's your situation, look out. God may change it. I loved something that I read this last little while. Hudson Taylor, who was a missionary to China, practiced the principle of to the Jew first. On January the 1st, every year, he wrote a check for ministry to the Jews. He included in that check 1% of his previous year's income. And he wrote on it in the memo, to the Jew first. You see, we received the gospel from the Jews. Second point, we're sent to fulfill Christ's ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. John 20 and 22 says, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and 19 reminds us that when Jesus began his ministry, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, which would be the year of jubilee on a Jewish calendar. To fulfill the ministry of Christ, we must personally receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus symbolically breathed upon all of his disciples so that they would all receive the power of the Holy Spirit. They received it actually on the day of Pentecost. My question to all of us this morning, those of you present in the building and those who are watching online, have you personally received the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? And if not, a supplementary question, why not? <coughs> Don't tell me God doesn't want to give you the power of 
the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants us all to be filled with the power of his Holy Spirit so that we can continue his ministry. God has enough power to energize every last one of us. In fact, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll have energy that you can't get out of a, one of those uh, energy drinks. Hallelujah. And the Bible tells us, reassures us, the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Don't stop until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. As we come towards our conclusion, we are sent to fulfill his message. The forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Did you notice when he breathed on them, told them to receive the Holy Spirit, he mentioned forgiveness. You see, by the power of the Holy Spirit, people are brought into a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus died for our sins so that we can be reconciled to God. But we do need the anointing of the Holy Spirit to communicate the gospel to people. We had some people in a church where I was pastoring and preaching. And a number of unsaved people were in the building every Sunday. Now that's good. But it's really annoying when they're there every week and don't get saved. I mean, it's downright annoying. It's a good job I don't know you. I might get annoyed with you if you're here and you don't know the Lord yet. This one day I was preaching and I preached the message. And of course I've been praying and asking God. And This one day as I came to the close of the service, I felt to do something I had never done previously and I haven't done it since. I felt the Lord telling me to go and talk with a certain man that was sitting in the church with his wife. So as people were praying and the music was playing, I went down to talk with George. And I said, George, would you like to receive Christ? I went right up to him. I know we don't do that in Canada, but I did it anyway. I said, would you like to receive the Lord? He said to me, there's no forgiveness for me. I preached a message of forgiveness. He said, there's no forgiveness for me. I said, George, why is there no forgiveness for you? He said, because I killed somebody. I thought, Lord, I've got a murderer in the house. So then I asked him, when was that? It was in the Second World War. Every time he heard the gospel, he canceled the message of the gospel because he'd been brought up on the Ten Commandments and he thought that because he'd killed somebody, there was no forgiveness for him. I said, George, Jesus died for your sin. You can receive forgiveness. And he received forgiveness. Hallelujah, that very day. When you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you'll know how to make the gospel plain. 
He opened, according to Luke 24, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. For us, that means beginning from Stouffville or Markham or Uxbridge, or wherever you hide yourself. We start preaching this message, and we are sent. We're sent to work, or we're sent to the hospital. I've been sent back to Canada under protest. But I've embraced it. Hallelujah. I've embraced it. I believe that Markham Stovall Hospital is my mission field. I keep going back there and I say, Lord, here I am again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When the neurologist said, how are you? I said, very well. Praise the Lord. He was a bit quiet. I even went to see an acupuncturist. I discovered a beautiful Chinese believer who prays every day that God will use her hands to heal people. As we are sent, let's go. The Bible says that forgiveness is available to all. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So as we close, as close to time as was possible, Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Would you stand with me? As we draw to a conclusion, just stand wherever you are, if you can. And if you can't, I'm sure you'll walk out of here. So try it. I won't keep you long. My challenge is for each one of us to represent ourselves to Jesus. He said, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Can you accept to be sent? Can you accept to be sent maybe where you don't want to go, where you would prefer not to be? Can you accept that whatever's happening in your life is part of the sending influence of God Almighty in your life? You are a light of the world. You are a city that's on a hill that cannot be hidden. God has a plan for your life, and he wants to sow the word of God through your life. Just raise a hand toward heaven as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we present ourselves as living sacrifices to you. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. May the gates of hell not prevail against your church or this church. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Bless our lives. Bless our witness. Give us understanding hearts. Help us to soften to your will and to embrace it and to be light and salt in our community. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be. You have been listening to the Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including events, ministries, and service time, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. You can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast store, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.